Welcome to the Workplace of a Future cast. I'm your host, Leo. And please get ready because this is not your typical podcast. This is because I'm on an absolute mission to bring you what the Workplace of the Future has in store for us. What is the definition of leverage in business? Um, yeah, leverage in business, that's, that's, that's the specific part of it, right? So leverage is in business is where um, you can partner or collaborate with somebody for mutual benefit. Now, I, I can I can leverage my, my staff members, and so I'm, I'm leveraging staff right now, which is enabling me to do this, whereby the business still grows whilst I'm doing this, right? So I'm not working in the business, I'm working on the business, but without them giving me their time, I don't have a business that runs without me in it. That makes sense. Yeah. So um, my, my, my belief is that you don't have a business until your business makes money without you in it, right? So I'm not in the business right now and it's making money. Um, so I've been able to leverage other people's time by paying them money to be here, employment, um, to actually grow my business for me and spread the message. And then there's the other part to it is where you do things such as this, where we're in a, we're in a podcast where you're leveraging our brand, our reach, our network, to elegantly share your message, your values, um, your morals, um, which will then in turn expose you to our audience, which exposes you to uh, as to your audience as well, which is leverage in both directions. So um, you're not paying me for this time. I'm not paying you to do the interview, uh, but what we're doing is actually exposing our message to different markets, which is also leverage. Yeah, so basically, so almost like, you know, making the most out of resources. Is that what you think? But yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe rephrase that to just being totally resourceful in everything okay. that we do. Yeah, yeah. so making maximizing every human interaction, yeah. like never missing an opportunity when you meet somebody, right? So you, you only get one chance at, a win, at making a winning first impression. I'm meeting, meeting you all physically for the first time today. Daniel's got two different names just to try and confuse things a little yeah. bit further. Um, but I remember that I make a winning first impression on him. All of a sudden, I'm looking for a videographer. My videographer's not available. He remembers me. Brilliant. I've now got leverage out of that interaction because I can now use his services because he liked me in the first yeah. place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, being resourceful in every single moment of life, I think, is is really going to maximize your opportunities in life. That's the definition for you. So um, it's a long definition. Yeah. No, but that's like that's that's that's, that's good. So. Um, you know, one thing I find when I'm doing this podcast with my guests is like, and, and we get into a topic and, and we, it's so easy to assume that people know what we're talking about, like, you know, even including sales. <clears throat> I ha I've been fortunate enough to be following you for a little while, so I've learned a, a few things. Um, so I'm, I guess I would say I'm in the sales world. But for those who are not and are watching this and have no clue and they're contemplating getting into business or say any way or form of sales, if you had like a short moment with them, what would you? What would be the first thing you would teach them? Or you say like you have only five minutes with them in the in the elevator mm -hmm. of the Q one, so it's five minutes. Yes, big <laughs> yeah, yeah. What What would be the first thing that comes to mind that is important to for that person to start uh, with regards to sales? Yeah. Um, I think firstly, it's an acceptance that we're all in sales. Um, so, so allow themselves to to be submissive to the fact that regardless of your job title, regardless of what you're, even if you're unemployed, you're in you're in sales, right? Because every single, as as I just kind of alluded to there, 
every human interaction is a sales interaction. You're getting people to buy your ideas, buy your thoughts, buy your beliefs, raise capital, give you money. You want them to give you time to do a podcast. Like that's that's a sale, right? You're, you're selling me on why this would be beneficial to me. You meet somebody in a bar or a restaurant, you wanna take somebody out for dinner, you're selling them on why that should be beneficial. So the first lesson would always be to recognize that we're all in sales and that is okay. Like learning to sell, in, in our opinion, obviously it's in our name, selling with integrity and selling honestly, is one of the most noble skills you can ever learn. Um, the second thing I would suggest is that <laughs> the starting point to learning to sell is to be interested, not interesting. So make it about them, not about you. Um, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. So the only way people know that you truly care about them is when you show a genuine interest in them. So I would tell people to be more interested than interesting. Okay, awesome. And then you, funny because like you said, and I so agree with that, like everything is just, you're selling um, ideas and whatnot. And that's why actually I've mixed, I put business or sales because for me, business like, you know, and sales, like it's just so broad and mm. that's a really good one. I think if business yeah. is sales. Yeah. Uh, with, without sales, business fails. Like the, if you look at, if you look at the top line of any um, any PL, like all, the first thing you want to see is, is revenue, yeah. which is sales. Like if your if your business isn't driving revenue, you you're going under. Yeah. Like if you're not making sales, you're going under. So you you don't have a business without sales, um, and without sales, you don't have a business. So yeah. they, so they kind of go they go hand in hand. Yeah, that's a really powerful one I think to share to anyone that's starting out. So, um, and I've been talking this morning because like. To be honest, I've uh, been talking to a few people about this podcast. This is probably the one that I've been looking forward to the most. So I was like, what no should pressure. I... No pressure. No <laughs> pressure. Um, at all. <laughs> so, and I say, what, what should I... Um, uh, what should I ask Ryan, you know? Um, knowing that your area of expertise and some of the content you've been sharing, I think one of the biggest pain of business people or young entrepreneurs, which is the type of people I hang out with the most, I could be wrong, but is objection. Mm -hmm. Could you give me, and actually I, I would really look forward to some tips on how to deal with objections. Because like, I'll tell you what, like, I know about it, I'm, you know, I, I try and deal with it, but no matter what, at the end of the day, an objection is an objection and, yeah. and it hurts me. <clears throat> you know, I can, I can deal with that, you know, the, but still hurts. Mm -hmm. So some tips on objections, please. <laughs> The, the million dollar question, right? I think, um, firstly, ob objection handling is probably the, the thing that we teach the least. Um, okay. So, so the, the, the message there is that if you're consistently getting objections, you need to change your approach, okay. right? Especially if you keep getting the same objection. So if you're getting, um, I can't afford it, you're too expensive, let me think about it, send me some mm -hmm. more information via email, then you need to change what you did leading up to that point. So. Um, I can teach you how to overcome an objection. That's easy, but I'm just putting a plaster over, over the over the problem, right? So, we have got a whole process called the negotiation ladder, as you as you guys well know, which is a ten step process. And there's seven pro seven steps we go through before we actually get to transaction completion, whereby we uh, actually ask for the business. So. Um, all of those steps need to be adhered to to reduce the amount of objections that you get. So two, far, two parts to it. If you keep getting objections, first thing you need to change what you're doing on front end. Um, second part, you're always going to get objections. 
it's, it's part of day-to-day -day life. If you're, if you're six months, 12 months, a year, two years into business and you still get annoyed by rejection, that's now your fault. Okay. Right. You, you cannot be get, you cannot get annoyed by something when, when you are not, you are never categorically going to close 100% of people and anybody that teaches you that you will is lying. It is impossible. So, um, we've got our, what we call our four buying archetypes where we talk about 40% of people are just never going to use your services. I don't care how good you are. It doesn't matter how good your pricing is, how competitive you are. I'm just not going to use you. Um, that's just the way that I'm wired. 30% of people are what we call tire kickers, uh, whereby they will just ask you all the questions in the world, they want all the information. Take up all the time. Uh, they take up all of your time and they still don't use your services. Then there's 20% of people that are what we call motivated to buy, where they've got an interest, they're, they're, they're sitting on the fence, but they need all of their ducks in a row before they actually decide to move forward. And then 10% of people are just buyers. They've, they've seen your services, they've already compared you to the rest of the market, and they're going to move forward. So recognizing there, we've only got 30% mm. of the market that are actually ever going to use your services. 40% are going to tell you to go away and 30% are going to waste your time. So 70% of the time, you're not going to do business with people and people get so frustrated when they don't understand the numbers. So I wish I'd have got told that when I first got into, into sales. The um, way that like the 30, you know, that, that yeah. yeah, okay. Because then I can manage my own expectations. Because yeah. I was going into every interaction expecting people to say yes. Now, if somebody had said to me, you should expect people to say no, because most people do, because we are conditioned as human beings to repel a sales approach, then I wouldn't have got to the depths of depression and anxiety and frustration that I did. Um, <laughs> that, that doesn't mean we can't improve your conversion rates. What that means is you manage your expectations on the front end. So with um, with regards to objections, um, another side, to, side to, to understand is that as a consumer, so if you approach me now about offering your cleaning services, um, I am conditioned as a, as a consumer to give you an objection. It isn't real. So the first objection you hear 99.9% .9 of the time is not real. It is the reason natural. that sounds good. It's a natural defensive mechanism okay. that we have as a consumer. So you say to me, um, okay, Ryan, so here's a quote. We would love to do your, your commercial cleaning for you moving forward. I go, okay, fantastic. Just pop it in an email. Let me think about it, right? That's not real. That's just what I have to do as m for my side of the game in sales. Mm. And it is, the game is between two parties. It's you're the salesperson, I'm the consumer. You present something to me, I have to tell you I want to think about it. Whether I want to think about it or not, I have to do that because that's the way we've been conditioned. Don't take the first offer. Don't buy the first house that you see. Make sure you get three quotes. These are things that we get trained subconsciously on by our parents and, and people around us. So the best thing we can do as sales professionals and, and business owners is not take that one seriously. And the way we do that is to recognize we need to, to sift past it. We need to, we need to move and isolate that fake objection to get to the real objection. And the way we do that is using a four step process that we call ARIO, which is to appreciate the objection. So listen, I appreciate that you want to, you want to go away and think about it. We relate to it. I've been doing this for over a decade now. You're not the first person to say that to me. You're certainly not going to be the last. We then look to isolate, which is the I. So where we go, apart from the fact that you want to go away and think about it, 
Is there anything else holding you back from moving forward with this today? They're either gonna give you another objection or they're gonna say, no, I'm happy with everything else. At that stage, we then can look to build more value, which is the O, which is to overcome. And we know we need to build more value in either the product, the company, or me, myself. So there's what we call our 300% rule. So without this going into a full coaching session, yeah, it would, yeah. uh, would I was gonna say, can I say, okay, I'm so glad uh, I subscribed to the part of your course this year, because I can see like the amount of like value I'm gonna get, so. Yeah, that, I mean, that. That's it's one process, A-R-I-O, appreciate, relate, isolate and overcome, regardless of the objection. So, so but, but the key there is you get an objection and you just, you, um, you diffuse it by, by realizing it's, it's not real. It's part of the game. I tell you, I, I tell you you're too expensive. That doesn't mean I can't afford it. I say, can you I'm do it any cheaper? Anymore. Doesn't mean, uh, it doesn't mean you have to discount. It just means I haven't seen enough value. What happens a lot is people go, oh, well, that's a little bit too expensive, Leo. Um, is that, can you do any better? And then the salesperson goes, yeah, I mean, I could talk to it too late. You've already now, you've already lost. Mm. What you should, if somebody asks me for a discount, my response is this, great question. Obviously not any other questions. Quashed, absolute certainty. Uh, Ryan, can, uh, it's way more expensive than I thought it was gonna be. Mm -hmm. That's a statement. That's not. They're not asking me for anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to say anything in that situation. So um, I could go. I could go to town in this. Uh, obviously, yeah, because I love. No, no you know, so I, I can immediately relate to. Sometimes, like I said, one of the most effective ways that we do, um, we get new customers is door knocking. You know, door to door, yep. and I immediately could relate to the times where I was like, okay, I'm gonna enter this office with the, you know, the idea. Of, of my goal is to get the client, mm. and I would be just like, you know, I would be so basically nervous and I just, I would not perform. Whereas when I go with the expect, the right expectations, which mm. is just to say hi, introduce myself and, and get yeah. a business card, that's it. Yeah. Change, so that's, yeah. that's key yeah. what you did there, right? So change the expectation. So you, you, your your job is not to get the client. Mm. Your job is to find out whether the, they need your help in the first place. Yeah. So we, we talk a lot about awareness, like you can't sell a secret. Your job is just to go, hey, we're easy clean, we exist. That's yeah. it, that's all your job is, just to, to, to get your name and your brand and your values in front of as many people as possible um, with the right value, as opposed to going, hey, we would love to be your commercial cleaners. Uh, yeah. Because the chances are most of the buildings you walk into or offices, office spaces that you walk into, they've probably already got somebody doing it. Yeah. So if anything, what I would be scripting into my intro is, is that into the approach that Hey, listen, I'm sure a company of your stature has already got somebody um, cleaning your premises. Uh, yeah, write that down. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, regardless, my job today is just to say, hey, we exist, this is what we do. So I'd love to leave you some information on it. That's it, walk out yeah. on 48 hours later, give them a phone call to back it yeah. up. That, that would be my process for you. And when I, yeah, that's when I was more relaxed. Yeah, so um, goes a long way. Um, just on that, yes. the, only, the only reason you're not relaxed is because you've got an expected outcome. Yeah. So to emotionally detach yourself away from the outcome. Like, I don't ever get nervous in a sales interaction because I don't go into it, mate, trying to make a sale. Yeah. I don't go in, I don't come into this boardroom and, and look to meet with somebody going, shit, this is worth like $100,000. I just come in here like, hey guys, how are you? Let's see if we can help you or not. Yeah. And that's it. And if we can, we can. If we can't, no big deal. They weren't right for us anyway. So yeah. that, that literally takes all the pressure off 
of everything. Yeah, I remember one time actually I had like, I went into this office with the, the expectations to the point where, remember, I just brought up the beans and like, they nearly called the cops. So I was like, get out of here. That was a funny <laughs> one. That's I feel like days. that needs to be on a different late night podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let me just go through this because like, yeah, so leverage, that was like a, a good one, but I think we covered that really well. Do you see, because like I said to you at the beginning, I'm obsessed and I, I'm a very, I can get, you know, very obsessive with things. Can you see any negatives from leverage in the way of like, for example, if I have these resources and <clears throat> they say they're working and I'm like, okay, well, I can maybe use these resources for this as well and this as yeah. well. Um, that probably, I think that, that that's probably the negative potentially that I use. Mm. But do you see any negatives or, or from leverage? Yes, I think there's negative connotation around why people are doing what they're doing. Um, I mean, there's uh, there's a there's a tool of influence called reciprocity, whereby um, it's to reciprocate, is to give something, to take something. So I think that could be misconstrued as leverage at times. And I think if you are going into an interaction, purposely trying to get something out okay. of it, because it's like <clears throat> I'm giving you this in the hope that I'm going to get this then I think there's a negative connotation around that. Um, so we do it a lot from a, from a sales perspective. Like we are a value-driven sales organization. So we're big on showing people how good we are, not just telling them how good we are. Yeah. And the way we do that is to give them content. We give them free training, we hold free webinars, um, uh, we do podcasts and we, and we try to give as much value as possible in the hope that, that the they will go away, they will get value from it, um, and they will use our, use the training that we provide, even if it's free training, um, which they can just get on YouTube, and they will go away and get results. Um, we will always be the catalyst for those results, right? Mm. But there is no expectation that they're gonna go, okay, well, they gave us free training, now I'm gonna come back and buy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. the, um, I think we have to be very cautious around leveraging to get something yeah, okay. back. That's a really good answer, I think, because it goes back to the expectation of like, okay, I have this, now I'm going to you know, aim to get this, and that's, as you pointed out, not really a good way to do business, it's all, yeah. like, it's all about them. Because, and, and, and on that, like, even, even in these, this, this podcast, right, so this is, this is a leveraged scenario, but the aim and the focus should always be on value to the listener yeah. um, and trying to make sure that they, they, they consume something that is, is practical for them, um, not in the hope that they're then gonna come back and use one of yeah. our services, right? Because not, not everybody will. And if, <clears throat> if that's not the case, subconsciously, your conversation will be directing towards products or services yeah. when it shouldn't be. It should just be actually, can we try and give some value? Yeah. That makes sense. But I'm, I'm gonna, I will say this, and not just because you asked me to or anything, like, I got, like you pointed out sales, like you can apply that to like sales skills, you know? Yeah. It's like, I don't see anything, I'm, I'm serious, like I don't see anything that you cannot apply some really good like skills towards, like whatever you do, you know, like student, um, you have a job, like a specialist, like doctor, whatever. So I, I truly recommend, you know, getting into and learning about sales. Mm. And going back to what you said, like, you know, I wanted to, I wanted for the listeners to learn about, you know, this podcast is mostly about the workplace of the future. So now I'm going to get into that mm. sort of topic because from you, I wanted to really, there's a couple of questions about that. So there is less face to face interaction. 
So what's going to happen to interpersonal skills? Is that going to become a challenge, do you think? It's mm, good question. Um, de definitely, yeah, I mean, undoubtedly, there's less less face-to-face -face interaction. Um, that is that a negative? I'm not entirely sure because some people make a really poor first impression. Mm. Um, so for some people, it's been a bit of a blessing um, that, that they're maybe better over the phone. Maybe they got more nervous face-to-face, -face, firstly. So um, I think your interpersonal skills will have to improve because you're now going to be picking up the phone more. Um, you're yep. now going to be jumping on Zoom more. Um, there also are a lot of people that were would say to me, I do better face-to-face. -face. Yeah. I, I create a better connection. It's like, well, no shit. Of course you do. Like, it's much easier. Yeah. You know, I, does it, who would prefer to do face-to-face -face over cold calling? Of course, I would prefer to do a face-to-face -face appointment, right? That's not the world that we live in. Um, and twofold, it's opened up so much opportunity for businesses <clears throat> to do business all around the world. Like for us, we've got an online asset. We've got a digital training program. So it, it's not scalable and feasible for us to go and sit face-to-face -face appointments with people all around the world, but we can jump on a Zoom and it makes it yep. really easy. So what our team have had to learn to do, even though we've been doing it for about four years anyway, um, they've had to learn to sell themselves via Zoom or just over the phone. So can you build up enough rapport, credibility, mm. trust, and value without you ever seeing what I'm wearing, yeah. without you ever seeing what I'm driving. So yeah. I would then argue that the interpersonal skills um, are going to improve and people's tonal delivery is going to improve as well. So, so you're going to learn to make a connection better than just having that face. So it's like almost like now you, instead of having like 10 seconds or 15 seconds for the first impression, you now have like two or three. <laughs> yeah, you have, you, have, you have very little either yeah. way. So face to face, you've only got one and a half seconds to make a first impression anyway. Yeah. Um, over the phone, you got four and a half. So um, you still don't have very long, um, but you do have a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, if anything, it, it should help relationships because whether we like it or not, we judge each other, right? When we when we go out to, to see people, we go to a, a meeting, we go to an office, like you come in here, you're looking at our office, you're going, does that office match up with the stature of the business? Mm. Is the way that Ryan's presented, is that what I was expecting? If this was all over the phone, you can't do any of that. Yeah. So, so we actually, we lose the stigma of first impressions now uh, mm. moving forward, which should put everybody on a, on, a, on a level playing field. So for the first time ever, every single sales agent whether you drive a mercedes or a, another car I won't, I won't bag any other cars but i'm not i'm not making a first impression by what watch i'm wearing or what shirt i'm wearing or what car i'm driving just by my personality yeah um so we have to get better okay that's actually you mentioned office i have a question because I, i'm with this podcast i'm exploring again the workplace of the future and how important culture has become you know the people aspect of, yeah. of our business um why are you guys still in the office? Like, why you choose to be here physically, yeah. you know, drive, find a car park, all the hassle. Why are you mm. still doing that in 2021? Um, I, I had the thought of, of sacking it off last year, for sure. Like, as soon as COVID hit and we worked Everyone. from home, um, we, um, we were productive from home. Like, it was, it was still working very well. But what we realized when we came back very quickly, even though we were working well collaboratively with the energy of the office, being able to transfer messages a lot quicker, we were way more effective and efficient 
working together. So even though this could be looked upon as an expense, because we mm. have, like we're in a boardroom here right now where I previously used to do the training. <clears throat> I've done, since March last year, I've done two training sessions in here. That wow. is it. This, wow. this office is just sitting here empty. It looked great. Yeah. But, it, but do you know what I mean? It, it doesn't, it's, it's what could be perceived as a waste of money yeah. um, right now. But um, firstly, I'm a man of my word and I did make a commitment to the body corporate that we were going to stay here for five years. Okay. So I didn't, yeah. I, it, I didn't feel comfortable cancelling that on them. Um, and then secondly, we do actually work better together. Um, so we're, we're as cheesy as it sounds, we are a family. Um, yeah. And we, we know that if we have an idea, I need to bounce it off somebody really quickly. And it's not always that easy just to go, hey, can you jump on a Zoom? I've got a quick idea. Like I want to jump off of a whiteboard and just brainstorm. So yeah. it serves us well for what we're trying so to do. So you're looking at it as a, well, which is great because you as an expense that is just going to waste. So you're instead looking at it as an investment towards what? Like you think? This is 100% an investment. It's an yeah. investment of energy. Yeah. Um, we built a podcast studio. We built a film studio. So we do, I, I do so much digital training every single day. We record new content every single day. Um, so I've got a full-time videographer. Um, so we've got, we've got a room. We've got a space that we're proud of. And then yeah. when we come into work every single day, I feel excited to be here. Yeah. Like I... I look at what we come from and we used to we used to be on Ashmore Road as well at one stage um, in Bundle and we were in this windowless box of a room half the size of this boardroom all right um, there were six of us in there all smashing the phones um, so I think having this is another reminder of how far we've come um, that doesn't mean we're complacent like I've also got a vision of what the next office space looks like and and where we're gonna go um, but coming in here every day is also a do you know what you guys are going in the right direction yeah, Whereas yeah. at home, I've got a nice home office, um, but I've also got two young boys and a wife and a dog yeah. and a fridge yeah. that's very appealing throughout the course of the day. And, and would you say, so it's like for any business that you, you would give advice to, like for us, for example, would you say that it's like something that is essential for building a business culture, positive business culture or no not necessarily no, okay. no I think I think that's business by business yeah. um, like you can still create and keep great culture working remotely and we were able to do that um, I think if anything working remotely just for that short period that we had fortunately here in Queensland we were we were meeting more often on on zoom um, we were our communication levels were up um, and I think it brought us closer together so I wouldn't say there's a there's a black and white you need to be in an office to have great mm. culture. I just think for us, it's, it's, it works better. Yeah. So with that, um, talking about culture, I want to ask you something, and this, I guess, an actual question. I want to walk out of here with um, a bit of an idea of what to do, because we have a bit of a challenge. We've been growing at EasyClean quite a lot. In mm. fact, this is one of being the negative things of 2020 was like growing so much that it was like a bit out of control, yeah. um, which is a good thing. Great. But it's yeah. brought some challenges, you know. Um, one of them is, and I wanted to start implementing accountability mm. for, because it's not, not anymore about like the cleaners and, you know, but now we have basically a middle management or you could call it management team, which yeah. is something new to us. You yeah. Know? And yeah, maybe next year we'll look at like uh, someone higher above. But for that middle management, I hope I got the right word there, but like, you know, yeah. supervisors and, and managers, how can we implement accountability in the way of like making them fully accountable for their role and purpose in the company? Mm -hmm. Like, will you please give me some advice on that? 
Yeah, so it's a strange one, right? Because you, you go through a transition as a business from being hands-on, working in it, and then delegating responsibility, which firstly is a big task for you guys and taking your hands off things, mm. and then expecting people to do it to the standard that you expect. Um, so I think the first part of that lesson is something that I had to learn the hard way. As I'm an engineer, I was an engineer for eight years in the UK, so I'm a perfectionist. Like everything needs to be spot on. I needed to take 20% off my expectations of everybody. 20%. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, don't ask me how I got to that figure, um, yeah. but it's just a rough ballpark, right? So um, don't expect people to do things to the standard that you have done. Um, if you do, you're going to constantly set yourself up for failure and disappointment. Um, obviously, set the bar for them, and you uh, and the way we we have accountability is to is to set very very clear parameters of what's expected by them, um, and that is communicated consistently. That um, I, I want to say consistently on a daily basis. So every single morning, <clears throat> we have a team meeting every morning. We do good news. So what 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 is a win? What what wins did we have yesterday? Um, we do. Um, so day by day, sorry, that's actually really key. So day by day, so every day you go and like look at the wins from yesterday. Every morning. All right. Every morning we sit down around here um, or in the creative space out there as a team and we'll go, what was your, what were what, one of your wins for yesterday? So good news or a win. We always start with that. Then we do high priority activities. So we've got HPAs and LPAs. So high priority activity and low priority activity. So we have our six tasks that we have to complete individually every single day we, that's called the ivy lee method you'll see that in the training um and so at the end of today i will set my six tasks for tomorrow so okay. i can go bed sleep well and then i've got my six tasks for tomorrow uh, within those tasks some of them are going to be high priority some of them are going to be low, low priority a high priority task is any task that has a dollar figure attached to it so if it's a revenue generating task that's high priority okay. um so we go around the desk, we'll go around the table again. So um, what is your high priority task for today? What are your low priority tasks? Um, and then the third part to that is, what can I help you with? Is there anything that I can assist you with today to help you achieve your, your goals? We do that every morning and then we finish on critical numbers. So I want them to know what is our target for the month, for the quarter, for the year. Um, and then every single day we're gonna go through, okay, what, what revenue came in yesterday? How many clients came on board? We share a couple of our clients' wins for the day, um, and I will go through individual sales figures figures every day. So, um, Leo, your target for the month is X, Y, Z. This is what you brought in yesterday. That means that you're tracking at 75% of your target with 22% of the month left. So today, you need to hit this. And we talk about that every single so meet day. Once a day? <laughs> every morning, 15 minutes. Anybody, it's obviously, you can't miss it. Yeah, come in. It's, yeah. it's pretty. Uh, it's, it's very well structured. So yeah. it's 15 minutes. I also have um, a meeting with my middle management um, once a week. So I will have 30, 30 to 60 minutes with head of administration, head of marketing, head of operations, head of finance, head of sales. So I'm always having those face-to-face -face interactions with them. Um, and then I also have daily feedback emails as well from my team. So we have a, a physical meeting in the morning. Then at the end of every single day, five minutes before they leave, um, every single staff member has to send me an email. Um, and in that email, it says my productivity. So what did I achieve today? My challenges and any questions I've got um, and wow factor. So how did they wow somebody today? How did they go above and beyond for this company and make somebody feel special? So every single day there's accountability around it. 
can I say, my mind already gonna explode because I can see all the value and to guarantee you something, I'm gonna go and implement a lot of what you said, especially that one about accountability. Yeah. So thank you so much. Um, getting to the end of my question here, I wanna ask you one, uh, maybe not so much about business or sales, a personal question if I may. Mm -hmm. Ryan, what's important for you in 2021 and beyond? What's important? Um, instantly family time for, for me. Um, I'm, I'm really fortunate. I've got, I've got two young boys. I've got a two-year-old called Maverick and I've got um, an 11-week-old called uh, Fox. Um, unfortunately, over, over Christmas, my, my youngest newborn Fox was pretty sick. We ended up in hospital mm. over Christmas. Um, he had viral meningitis. Um, he's, he's fine now. He's all recovered. But um, that was a pretty scary like 10 days or so mm. where watching your seven-week-old baby boy being jabbed with needles and whatnot um so that was a i was already aware of it that mm. I, I didn't want to go back to how we were in 2019 so pre-covid i used to be on a plane every like two or three days flying around the country um and new zealand and delivering training um and spending a lot of time away from my yeah. my, my wife and then maverick at the time so after covid what we did as a business obviously a lot of people have gone to digital training we were still able to impact businesses exactly the same, if not better, doing digital training, not physical yeah. training. So it made me realize that I don't need to be traveling all around the world or the country anymore. Um, and especially now we've had our second boy, it's like now my focus for 2021 is to make sure that I don't spend more than 30 nights away from home over the course of this year. So. That's my instant response. I don't know if you want a, uh, no, a yeah. business version as well, but that's no, it. like I seen. I, I just want to know like what, what you consider, and that's actually leading to something. I think so. When I ask like what's important, like mm. you know, so you've obviously reassessed what's a priority. Mm. Um, yeah. So like you um, don't necessarily need like to like you said you don't need to travel. You were able to yeah. find another way. To I'm I'm just very intentional with my with my days. So my my yeah. my days are structured very regimented like yeah. um so i know when i'm doing business development when i'm doing creative when i'm doing sales when i'm doing training my team when i'm doing admin like it's all blocked out like when yeah. i'm doing how many podcasts am i going to do a month how many am i going to uh, how many podcasts am i going to host a month? like everything's yeah. regimented for the whole year so oh, yeah. when you say to me what's your availability i can send you straight to uh, to lauren my marketing manager and she'll be able to go into my diary and find a slot for you yeah. so there isn't i don't need to think about anything um it's already planned ahead yeah. um so so yeah family family is the priority but it be, it, it becomes it it, it it is realized because of the the discipline that i have on a day-to-day -day basis so the the structure so systems breed freedom um and alongside family being a priority we've also 10x the business goals like so it's not like yeah. i've gone all right i'm gonna take a take my eye off this a little bit right now because i want to spend more time here it's like well no i'm not i'm not spending more time with my family to the detriment of the business yeah. i'm gonna get them both growing at exactly yeah. the same time so business goals have gone through the roof family objectives have gone through the roof yeah and i've figured out how to balance them yeah. 2021 is gonna be a good year i know that um ryan thank you so much and in fact i want to ask you something how can i thank you for this like seriously like you just did okay that's it that's it the, the, the best the best gift you can ever give is education um, and what you guys are doing right now is is sharing education yeah. because people you can take anything from anybody um, but you can never take away the education that they've got so yeah. 
Um, so I think I think you're doing a great thing. Well, thank you because I literally like I've learned. I feel like you're almost guilty. I like I learned so much by now. So it's <laughs> like I said to you at the beginning. Like no, I really want to thank you. And like you know, I saw a post from you like you and um, how you you know were moved by the, the fact that you were positively impacting one person. And I can tell you, man, one you've been impacting myself, Emilio, and a bunch of people I know. Like it's really well. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for doing the podcast, and I think we are done. Unless there's, is there anything else you want to share? Um, anything special you guys doing this year with the? Um, I see that you've changed a little bit the logo, we, we which looks really cool. Yeah, we rebranded back in October on our sixth birthday, so we went from ISR training to Swish Sales Coaching. So, um, as I said earlier, Swish is selling with integrity, selling honestly. Um, we just felt like that was more in line with our with our brand. So ISR training didn't really mean anything it didn't really have any power behind it and um, mm. whereas swish is our sales methodology um which is is definitely hitting home with more people so um what what what, what do i want to share um if people want some free training obviously feel free to follow us across all, all of yeah. the socials um connect with me personally um linkedin is, is pretty much my go-to if they follow me on instagram they're just going to get baby spam um, yeah when they can they're more than welcome to do so <laughs> um we hold free web classes once a quarter okay. um so i don't know when this is getting released but um we do have one on monday um uh, which is 90 minutes worth of free sales training um, and if they'd like to join that, feel free to do so. And you mentioned obviously you're getting booked out. Like, I think if someone wants to join now, they would have to, uh, you mentioned like obviously you're getting quite busy. So I guess for people to start looking now, because you mentioned there's something that is already booked out for January oh, yeah. and February. Yeah, so, so that's physical training. Okay. So if they, wanted to, yeah, if they wanted to book me for physical training or, or speaking, um, there's roughly like an eight week okay. wait. Um, but obviously for digital training, if anybody wants to join the, the Swish Academy, that, that's instantaneous. Okay. All right, so better get in now. Better get in quick. <laughs> Thank you once again, and until um, next one. Pleasure. Thank you, man. Thank you very much.